Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. We are live from downtown Las Vegas, a Circa Resort and Casino. Michael Lombardi on the desk, and we welcome in for the entire hour our Uh-oh. guy Sean King, host <laughs> of VSIN Primetime I mean, alongside Tim Murray. Welcome in. You two are in a commercial together, I understand, huh? Y- yes. If one but... of us has a speaking role, the other one's just in yeah, the background. Y- yeah. Was my role a speaking role or was I <laughs> flailing around? Like, that's really what it was. I can't wait to see that when yeah, I land in the Derek's awesome, Vegas man. Shout out to Derek Stevens for getting us involved. That's pretty cool. Because so yeah. those commercials are everywhere. I know. I like love all the it. gas yeah. stations, like when you pump gas, like they're everywhere. That's awesome. You know, but I am, I will say, I'm a little bit sad that I didn't get sent on the zip line. That was a very fun experience for me last year. And for an acting debut to get thrown on a zip line yeah. is pretty cool. But no, super excited to have you with us as we do in the GM's chair, kind of getting your guys's opinion there's so much foot collective football knowledge on this desk right now and you guys have i mean a super bowl ring a piece and i have you know rings under my eyes but you know <laughs> we all have rings it's fine um but no excited to get your guys's knowledge and basically as we go through the top 10 teams that are making selections in the draft what you guys would do if you were in the gm's chair so we have a former gm we have a former national football league quarterback are you guys ready to do let's it? Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's start with the first three picks. Michael and Sean, you are no longer on the clock. The pick is in. The Carolina Panthers with the number one selection in the 2023 Lombardi line draft is? I would take Bryce Young. I think they will take Bryce Young. To me, I never thought this was a debate. I really didn't. I know what Sean might feel, but to me, Young's tape is too damn good. Instinctively, the arm strength is stronger than anybody could think. If he were 6'2", the Bears would have never traded this pick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bryce Young's my selection here. Uh, hats off to the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. They were in a very precarious situation. I think they were at number nine when they decided to do what it took to get to number one. And David Tepper gets exactly what he's always wanted, which is a franchise quarterback. Next year, when people evaluate Caleb Williams... That's the same evaluation they would have for Bryce Young if he was as big as Caleb Williams. Yeah. When you watch him play, very Patrick Mahomes-ish. He makes things that are imperfect around him perfect. He finds a way to be productive when it's chaotic. You know, this was one of Alabama's least talented teams. This wide receiver group this year, the worst they've had in a decade. That's why a lot of them are gone. Without Bryce, they're probably a four-loss team. No-brainer here. Frank Wright gets his quarterback. Thomas Brown, they get headed in the right direction. He checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I think about all the time with this past year's Alabama team is what would their record be if Bryce Young was not their quarterback, yeah. truly? Because no. it was one of those types of years. And we just saw this weekend they had their spring game and they don't have a quarterback yet. I mean, they were talking about, you know, all the guys that have kind of gone through there. They're still in a little bit of a trouble. And so, yeah, I mean, look, that Texas game, just put the Texas tape on. I mean, the one of the things, the misconception about Alabama this year is they were great on defense. And they weren't. They weren't. They weren't great on them. I mean, they fired offensive def- they, the, the offensive coordinator's gone. The defensive coordinator left, whether they left on their own or not. But this was not a talented team, and Sean's right. I mean, this guy made it happen. 
you know, and it wasn't like he had everything that we always say, well, you know, he's got all time to throw and he's got great receivers. That wasn't the case. Okay, well, I'm not surprised by the number one pick. Neither would the betting market be, considering he's a minus 2,000 favorite to be the top (laughs) selection by the Carolina Panthers. So let's go to number two, because this is where the intrigue in this year's draft really begins. What will the Houston Texans do it to? They have held their information extremely close to the vest. Are they going to go quarterback? Are they going to trade the pick? Are they going to go elsewhere? So the Houston Texans at two. Let's start with you this time, Sean. What are you doing? Okay, just to put context on this, this is an interesting one for me because uh, Nick Casario, when you're trying to figure out what he would do, he comes from that Patriot lineage. Yet D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach, so all defensive coaches, uh, Mike will tell you this, they want to draft defensive guys. It's like the offensive guy, he generally wants to go offense. If I'm running the Texans here, I'm going C.J. Stroud. And I've seen this happen multiple times where a prospect has a really, really high evaluation, and if for some reason – things start to creep up in the process. Not tangible things that you can see on film. You know, a guy didn't test well on Wonderlick, or now it's the ST test, or, you know, people start to whisper about personality flaws. And I've just gotten to the point where when these things happen, I go back to the film. And let me say this about C.J. Stroud. Great measurable, 6'3", 214. He might be the most accurate thrower of the football I've ever seen in college football. Like, it doesn't matter what level, it doesn't matter to what frame of the field he can locate the football time in time out game in game out because of that trait and the production he had 85 touchdowns only 12 picks in two years I know there have been some whispers about his ability to process information well he showed me at Ohio State if given time he can actually acclimate and understand what we're asking him to do I'm going quarterback here and listen I thought long and hard about trading out of this position and adding two quality defensive players in this draft and getting into Caleb Williams, Drake May sweepstakes next year at quarterback, which if the Texans decided to do that, I would not push back. But who knows? Very competitive under Lovey Smith. They added Hassan Ridgeway, Jimmy Ward. They added Robert Woods. They added Shaq Mason. So they did some things in free agency maybe that people aren't talking about where they could end up being a five, six-win team. So – I can't guarantee I'll be in the quarterback race next year. I'm going C.J. Stroud here. So you are not buying the Will Levis steam. He's going Stroud at two. That is a four-to-one bet, by the way, for him to be the number two overall selection. And again, this is what I would do. Yes. I I was just going to reiterate that this is not like your typical mock draft that you're seeing online right now, guessing and taking information that we have at random and kind of splashing it together. This is if, if Michael and if Sean were sitting in the GM chair, they had that pick as that team, that's what they would do with it. So, Michael, what would you do with two? You know, I I know he's probably, Nick's getting a lot of pressure from the owner to pick a quarterback, and I would try to alleviate that pressure by saying, look, I'm going to pick Tyree Wilson, the rusher. I'm going to get the guy that we need to set D'Amico's defense, the Nick Bosa of our defense, because we really need that as a team. Look, they need a lot of things. They need a quarterback. They need a lot of things in Houston. But then I would try to tell the owner, look, I'll trade up from 12 to get somewhere where I can get another quarterback. I I think, to me, C.J. Stroud's relationship, all the things that have gone into this, I don't think C.J. Stroud's moved down the board I think there's been a perception of them outside the building, and then there's been some inside the building. And so I have a chance to get, whether I'm comfortable with Stroud, whether I'm comfortable with Richardson, I may not get Levis, but if I could trade 12 to 8, I'm going to get one of those guys. I would rather take the player at 2, Wilson, and try to move 12 to get the quarterback to make the owner feel comfortable. So that would be my strategy, because 12 is a viable spot. I could go to 12 to 7. I could get the Raiders picked if they don't want Richardson then I could get Richardson at seven and, and the Raiders will still get a good player at 12. So to me, I, that's how I would play this. I wouldn't just, I would take the best player that fit the team that would, that, that fits our defensive tackle. Now I would take Jalen Carter too, but I think in this defense, the, because we know Armstead and Buckner were huge players for the 49ers, but I think in knowing Nick, the way I do, I think he would take this. Look, he would love to trade down if he could. I'm not sure somebody's trading up. Tyree, the second betting favorite to be the number two overall pick. He is the odds-on favorite, minus 140, to be the first defensive player off of the board. And that's changed a little bit, too. Like, are, are GMs less concerned about the ankle yeah. at this point going through all went, the evaluations? So when you go to the combine, you get a physical, and you get a, a preliminary grade, okay? so And every grade is different for every team. So it's really, there's seven teams to a table. So a player comes in, he sits at the table, and they got seven doctors looking at him, and then they go to the next table, and they got seven different teams looking at him. 
and then they get the x-rays, they get the, all the stuff, and then they come up with a grade. Here's the grade. The font takes about a month for you to get the grades. Once the grades come in, now you know there's certain players that have to go back for a recheck. The league will send them back to Indy for a recheck, but there's some you have to bring into your facility to check them out. So you could do the bone, all the stuff, the bone scan, all the things you want to do to make you comfortable. That's what Wilson's been doing. My sources are telling me that he's passed a lot of those physicals. Some he may be off the board, but I think at the top of the draft, he's still on the board as a medical. He will be ready to play at the start of training camp. Now, the key part here, key part here, he has no propensity to re-injure his foot as you or I would. So it's so it's not going to be a nagging injury is what they're telling me. Okay, the Arizona Cardinals mm. have the number three overall selection. If you're picking at three, Michael, who you got? So I think the misconception about the NFL is two things. I think everybody thinks all the receivers are number one receivers, which I think there's probably three or four number one receivers in the league, and that's it. There's a lot of good receivers in the league, but I think driving to the stadium, there's only three or four guys that you are just put the fear of God into you that you can't take out of the game. And then I think there's very few three techniques that put the fear of God in you too. We know about Aaron Donald, right? We know how great he was. Hargrave was really good. He played zero technique last year. Fletcher Cock in his, in his prime was a great three technique. Three techniques are impossible to find. You know, for every Warren Sapp, there's a 50 of them that aren't as good as Sapp, right? So that's really a position that we tend to think they're just uh, everyone down the street. You know, I mean, Pete Carroll has been quoted. He hasn't had three techniques since Michael Bennett left. I mean, it's, they're hard to find. And since I'm Arizona, I need an outside pass rusher. I need an inside defensive lineman. I would take Carter. He's the best player in the draft outside the quarterback position. I would take him and get an inside player because if he, knowing Jonathan Gannon, he got 70 sacks last year working in Philadelphia. He embellished a lot of this in the press conference, but he did. 60 of them comes from his defensive line. If you're going to get – that's a lot. So I would do that. I would take Carter. I agree. Jalen Carter, super talented. If you watch the film, you can go back two years ago when uh, he was surrounded by Trayvon Walker and Jonathan Davis. He still was the one that jumped off the screen. Uh, my issue with Jalen for Arizona simply was maturity going into an organization that lacks leadership. Yeah. They lost J.J. Watt. I wasn't sure if I'm Monty Ford or Jonathan Gannon, if I can afford that risk. So I went with a player that I think is less talented, but I know is a rock-solid leader, and that's Will Anderson. Now, I don't know what kind of ceiling Will has, but I know he's going to come in here. He's going to be our starter day one. He's going to be the captain of our defense. And what I'm hoping is that – me and Jonathan have the same vision. We pair him with Isaiah Simmons and Xavion Collins, mm -hmm. and we have the core of a really young group of talented guys because we lost J.J. Watt. We know Kyler Murray's issues from a leadership standpoint. DeAndre Hopkins wants to be traded. I needed stability and talent. I found that in Will Anderson. Talented player and a polished person in Will Anderson. His prop number positionally set at three and a half. We're going to take a quick break. Hit picks four through six in the Lombardi line draft coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line. The NFL Draft is coming up this Thursday. And remember, VSEN has everything you need to make you the most informed better. You can be at vsin.com slash draft. Every NFL Draft is different. And we have five tips for betting the NFL Draft. You can check out Matt Eumann's mock draft for the first round. And our guy Michael has his draft analysis, of course, as well. vsin.com slash draft. Updated daily so you get the latest position predictions, over-unders, and best bets from all our, of our VEASAN experts. Check it out today, VEASAN.com slash draft. Rolling along here live from Las Vegas as we continue our In the GM's Chair um, analysis here with former GM Michael Lombardi and our guy Sean King, Super Bowl champ quarterback in the house with us. We are on picks four through six. And again, if you're just joining us, this exercise is not necessarily what we think the team is going to do, but what you think they should do if you're in the position drafting. So let's go back to um, just recap what you guys did in the top three. Both of you had Bryce Young going number one to the Carolina Panthers um, for the Texans at two. Sean, you had C.J. Stroud going to Michael. You had Tyree Wilson. And then at three, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter were the selections. Okay, at four. Sean, I'll start with you on this one. The Indianapolis Colts are on the clock. Who are they taking? We had a lot of dialogue about this selection. And to me, next Thursday, this is where the draft kind of gets really interesting. Because when you look at Shane Steichen, he's here because of the job he did with Jalen Hurts. He took a quarterback that people thought had certain limitations and turned him into one that could win at a level that got them to a Super Bowl. But. For us to select Anthony Richardson right here, Shane and our GM, Chris Ballard, have to love the quarterback. The worst thing you can do for a young quarterback is bring him into a divided organization. When you're drafting these kids in the top five, everybody has to be on board because it's a hard process. Taking a quarterback, no matter how talented, and turn him into a winning NFL quarterback is difficult. Because I couldn't get a sense consensus within the building, I looked at what our other needs were. We traded stuff on Gilmore, so cornerback became an issue. Uh, as good as Quentin Nelson was two years ago, kind of had a down year, but we think he's going to bounce back. But we also got a pre- pleasant surprise in Bernard Raymond last year, who kind of emerged as a third-round pick to a really good offensive lineman. So we're going to go Paris Johnson here. My belief is when you're selecting in the top ten, if you can get elite at a certain position, take advantage of that because these are uh, team-friendly contracts for the first four years of these deals. So we're going with the offensive tackle from Ohio State. Great talent, long, athletic dominated at right guard two years ago, moved to left tackle seamlessly this year, was outstanding start to finish. I know he's a name a lot of people haven't had on the tips of their tongues, but they will Thursday. I truly believe Paris Johnson is going to go a lot higher than people anticipate. So with the fourth selection, if I ran the Indianapolis Colts, I'm going Paris Johnson. We're going to make that offensive line as good as it can be. We're going to ride Jonathan Taylor next year. We brought in Gardner Minshaw. We know he's not a long-term answer, but it's better to not select a quarterback than to bring one in and everybody not be on the same page or to bring the wrong one in. And I know you're not going quarterback yeah. either. You guys are both on the same page. You know, I, I would add a, a, a separate issue there. I would only do the Paris Johnson thing. If I, were, if I were Chris Ballard, I would sign Paris Johnson. But I would already have Lamar Jackson under contract. You know, not under contract. I would try to then get a, him a, under contract. A to me, a deal agreed to. You know, I think to me, you've got to be able to piece this. If I get Lamar Jackson at quarterback and Paris Johnson at tackle, those those solve the two biggest needs I have on my football team. Mm-hmm. Everything else I could take care of. 
So I, the left tackle, when Costanza retired, that was problematic for the team, and it's been a problem. I mean, you know, Matt Taub last summer didn't, didn't work out. They put the rookie over there that really struggled. It, it, it was really a challenge. So if I get Paris and then if I can trade for Lamar, why would I trade? Why would I pick a quarterback at four that I don't know when I can get a quarterback available to me in the other market? So, and I keep my fourth pick overall. Now I got to do some maneuvering around to get Lamar. I get that, but that's what I would do. Paris Johnson is a minus 150 favorite to be the first offensive lineman off the board. His positional prop also set at nine and a half under juice to minus 145. But since you guys both put him in the top five, you can get four to one on Paris Johnson think, to be a I top think he five was pick. Plus five thousand the other day. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oof. Plus five thousand. Creeping up those boards. Okay, let's go to the Seattle Seahawks at five. You didn't feel that Jalen Carter was going to be a fit with the Arizona Cardinals. Could the Seattle Seahawks be the spot he lands? They could. And uh, I think the difficult thing, and I'm talking about Pete Carroll and John Schneider, who've been together for 14 years. You talk about outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers, finding sustainability in that league. I mean, just look to Seattle. I mean, those two gentlemen have worked together and done a tremendous job. And they haven't had many top five picks, if any. And I know it's going to be intriguing for them to look at Anthony Richardson because it gives them a chance to get a young, talented quarterback. They can have Geno Smith groove him. The thing that I said in the meeting with these guys was Anthony Richardson won't get better in the NFL on the sideline. He has to have a Josh Allen experience. Josh Allen went to Buffalo, got to play two full seasons. Nobody cared if Buffalo won or lost. This was all about developing experience for their young quarterback out of Wyoming. And because of that, in year three, you got exactly what we witnessed now. Anthony Richardson has to have that same process. He's a lot like Trey Lance. Those guys need reps. They need games. They need experience. You only get that from playing. So what I looked at was we had the defensive rookie of the year last year in Tariq Woolen. We get a chance to add a cornerback on the other side. Wow. In a conference that it really is devoid of elite quarterbacks, especially if you're looking at what the AFC has compared to the NFC. So we're going Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, one of the most physical cornerbacks that I've seen come out of college in a long time. Good ball skills, maybe not the top-end speed that I would love, but he makes up for it with tenacity. He's also position versatile, makes a lot of plays from nickel. You know, he's just a football player's football player and reminds me a lot, but a more physical and bigger version of Rondé Barber, who I played with down in Tampa. Just makes plays, understands the game. So we went Dev Devin Witherspoon here. We gave Tyree Wilson a lot of thought because they do need edge rusher. But we thought Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, one's a rookie, one's a second-year guy. We may have the best cornerback tandem in the NFC for the next okay. decade. You Michael, know. you going corner or elsewhere? Where's Witherspoon's numbers? I think you can get a really good value on Witherspoon. I think he is going to go in the top six, seven picks in the draft. I went Will Anderson here only because I think they need an outside pass rusher. I would have given them Jalen Carter because I think Pete could handle Jalen Carter. Mm -hmm. I think they would be absolutely delighted if Jalen Carter made it here. You know, I think I, I hear the Richardson thing. It, it, to me, this is an awfully high pick for a down-the-road player that you're not sure of, so I wouldn't do that. I, I would take – I would take. I'm not in love with Will Anderson. I think he's a good player. I don't think – I'm not sure you're going to even pick up his fifth-year option, but he satisfies a huge need for him. He's a great kid. And in Pete's system, I think he'll be a much better player. Uh, Witherspoon, 10-1 to 1 to be a top-five selection. His prop sitting at six-and-a-half. Yeah. I would go like... under the six-and-a-half. Yeah, I would, okay. too. I would it's go minus 115 both ways. He's a really ways. good player. That's a good – I mean, you know, it's, it's only going to go up. Because for me, Detroit at six, I have Witherspoon here. Okay. Because Detroit needs a corner. They traded Okuda. You know, they need another corner. And I think it gives Aaron Glenn a guy that he can lock on one-on-one -on -one and say, okay, we're going to play it. We're going to roll the coverage here. We got a best corner. They've done some things in free agency to help their secondary. Chauncey Gardner, you know, they've gotten that. But they really need that one legitimate blue-chip corner, and they need toughness. And this player fits exactly what Campbell preaches. He's a tough kid. And I can't imagine them passing him. I can't see them picking a quarterback when you have a chance to really help your defense, which needs help. Remember, this team gave almost 400 yards rushing to Carolina. So they need help defensively. So I would go Witherspoon here. You know, very interesting. And I agree with him and, you know, reiterate with everything that Mike just said. They brought in Emmanuel Mosley and Cameron Sutton in free agency to help that secondary. Jamison Williams getting suspended. 
makes receiver also now something that we had a, a long discussion about. I did not feel like there was a top 10 mm -hmm. caliber receiver in this draft. In my particular mock, Jalen Carter is still available. Mm -hmm. So Dan Campbell, uh, Brad Holmes, they are running to the podium. Because to me, with Aiden Hutchinson and his maturity and leadership and Dan Campbell, the way he runs his program, Jalen Carter is a perfect fit. So I'm not going to overthink this one. Uh, we're going to take the defensive tackle out of Georgia. And I'm sure if this is how it unfolds on Thursday, there will be no happier fan base in the <laughs> NFL than the Detroit Lions. No, they would be. I mean, look, Detroit's going to get a good player. They are. I mean, I think one thing about this draft is there, to me, there are really four good defensive players in it. I, and I have Anderson in the four, but I don't, I, I'm not in love with Anderson. Wilson, Witherspoon, Carter, and Anderson, yep. those four. And if you're outside of those four, you're not going to get, you're going to go down to a Nolan Smith who can run, have that, doesn't play a lot. Miles Murphy, you got him in a Clemson. You're in a different category of player. Luke Van Ness. The, to me, you're in a different category. Those four, to me, are at a separate level. And I think if you're Detroit and Seattle, both teams on the cut, one made the playoffs, one should have made the playoffs, you want to add to your defense. Jalen Carter's positional prop number is also setting at six and a half, but the juice has significantly changed because now the under is plus 200. So you are getting a plus money price if he goes six or sooner. What is your level of confidence that he'll stay in the top six? Well, I think it all revolves around Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Because we passed on quarterbacks. Yep. That means position guys went higher. If yep. Levis, Stroud, Bryce, all those guys go earlier, then he'll fall. See, I think you guys are smart GMs today, <laughs> not reaching for quarterbacks when you don't need to. That's right. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the top 10 plays out. We got picks 7 through 10 coming up next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get our daily email recapping all the best bets from every show host and guest. You'll get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check out the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI to see which VSIN expert has the hot hand any given week for VSIN Pro picks. Betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now. Only $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Lombardi line and our in the GM's chair Lombardi line draft. We yeah. are currently on pick number seven with the Las Vegas Raiders on yeah. the clock. And I know nothing about the Raiders. Full disclosure. <laughs> Nobody in my house is talking. I can honestly say that. So don't. Is that Tough with family members? Are oh, they more open with you or no, more closed off? Word. They won't say word. Well, first of all, they feel like this is an interesting dynamic. They feel like whatever they tell me, I'll be able to tell Belichick. So, like, they're, they're like they're, they're guarding against that, you know. Like they're guarding against that state secrets. Like. Yeah, like they think that you know he and I are so close that I'll tell him, and then you know. So there's no, there's none of that. So I don't know. I mean, look, I think the one thing if you understand the history of the Raiders and you take away the bias out of it, that they have done a poor job of drafting. I mean, they traded away a first-round pick to get Devontae Adams. That They got the best one of the best receivers, a legitimate number one receiver. But besides that, this is a team devoid of talent. I mean, you can, you can say they were a playoff team, just like you can say the Giants were a playoff team this year. They're not really a playoff team. They're just not talented enough. So with that as a backdrop, for for Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, they got a hit. This pick has to be a starter, a good player, somebody that they could conceivably pick up the fifth-year option. They got to build this thing the right way, and that's why I think they go Peter Skronsky, the kid who can play right tackle, he can go to right guard, or he could play left tackle. They get a good offensive lineman. I think they ideally would love to get a defensive player if they could. Would they consider Gonzalez? Perhaps. I just don't know how tough Gonzalez is in terms of tackling. So I went with the offensive lineman. You get a really good player. You get a starter immediately to help an offensive line that needs help. I know you had concerns about his arms. Right, which gives you a chance to move him into guard. Okay. So you got to, to me, you always ask yourself this question as a general manager. What is, if, if he doesn't play, what's the back door? Well, if he doesn't play left tackle like people think he can, then the back door is he can play guard. So there's an out. Whereas if you take Anthony Richardson, he doesn't start for you a quarterback. There's no back door. There's no back door. 
You know, if you take Will Levis and he doesn't start, there's no like some of these guys you don't don't have a backdoor. Jalen Carter, the backdoor is he may not be as great of a three technique as you think, but he's going to play three technique, mm-hmm. right? Will Anderson may not be the best rusher and be Von Miller, but he's still going to be able to rush. There's a backdoor there. Like there's not a where some of these guys you get into and you say, well, wait a minute. You know, Nolan Smith, he's a Sam linebacker. If he doesn't play Sam, where's he play? There, you're a little bit. That's where you get in that gray area. Uh, I agree, and through no fault of. Uh... Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, this roster is not very talented. Um, right now, if the Raiders lined up, Duke Shelley and David Long Jr. would be starting at corner. No offense to those young men. I know they're working extremely hard to take advantage of the opportunity if given. But when you look at this team defensively, they have one blue chip player. That's Max Crosby. I don't think in a division that has Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and what we would presume would be a revitalized Russell Wilson with Sean Payton, that that's good enough. So... I think what you're looking at is we have to get more talent on defense. So I'm going Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks. And a lot of people have talked about Christian Gonzalez. You know, Mike brought up my issue with Christian. You don't see him putting his face mask on a whole lot of shoulder pads. You don't get any of that with Deontay Banks. This dude is a dog. He ran 4.35 in the combine, jumped 42, broad jump 11.4. Go and look at Deontay Banks versus Marvin Harrison Jr. And you see a young man with size, with athleticism, Elite physical traits that also is a baller. Uh, competes, defends the uh, at every level. I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about Deontay Banks. This is one of those issues where people are going to look up at the end of next year with Dawn. How did Gonzalez go in front of Deontay Banks? Well, in my, my, my mock draft, he doesn't. So I'm taking Deontay Banks here. Significant upgrade, significant talent, and position upgrade for the Raiders on defense. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that name up. Not a lot of people know how good this player is. Not a lot of people really know. And he's not been in any mock drafts mm-hmm. in the top ten, and he should be. Like, I think if, if the Raiders don't take him at seven, do I think Atlanta could take him? Yeah. Do I think, you know, Philly could take him? Do I, yeah, I think he is valued much higher by the people in the building than he is by people outside the mocks. He is a 40 to 1 shot in the top 10 and he's also 6 to 1 to be the second corner taken because as you referenced Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon largely talked about as the one two corners in this draft. Okay. Um when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, what are you guys seeing as needs for Atlanta at 8? Well, I think they need interior defensive line help as we've talked about multiple times in this draft. The problem is there's one only first there's only one first round interior defensive lineman in this draft in my opinion, and that's Jalen Carter. So if he's there, Atlanta runs to the podium to take him. I don't think he's there. Uh, they need wide receiver help. You know, even though they went Drake London last year, they don't have a lot outside of that. They seem, they still seem to be struggling with how to schematically make Kyle Pitts as dominant as his talent says he should be. Uh, this is not a deep wide receiver draft at the top. So I'm going to go edge rusher because in my draft, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech is still available. And I know Terry Fontenot. Uh, Arthur Smith came from Tennessee where they play legitimate elite defense. If, if, if Tyree Wilson falls to them, I'm telling you, man, it'd be a lot of happy people in Atlanta. So I'm going Tyree Wilson. And don't forget, I know you see Texas Tech and you're like, ah, they don't produce defensive players. This kid started at a and You know, like a lot of other blue chip prospects that went to A&M over the last couple years, they, they've left for whatever reason. So, I mean, he's an elite player. Uh, we got the uh, x-rays, the physicals checked out. So we're going Tyree Wilson here. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, look, this is a – a hard team to predict because, you know, when you go through them, they, they, the, the needs don't match for them. You know, they don't really need a tackle, but they need a defensive tackle. You can't take, you know, you can't take the, 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 the kid from Pitt too early. So I have them taking Gonzalez because if they like Okuda, they probably like Gonzalez. They're kind of similar players, mm-hmm. you know, and they could use another corner. So I, I would go there. I think this is a hard spot for Atlanta. I know a lot of people give them Bijan Robinson. They had two really good runners this year. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. I feel like, like a lot I, of steam on Bijan. It doesn't make a lot of sense for Bijan to go here, especially considering it's at that. Now, to me, and then that leads us to Chicago, which to me Chicago's in the perfect position. They're gonna take Broderick Jones. They're gonna take an offensive tackle. Yeah, whether they, they need they like, no line help. Whether they like Darrell Wright, whether they like you know whatever tackle they like the best, whether it's Skronsky makes it to them. I think they're gonna take Broderick. They're going to take a tackle. I have them taking Broderick Johnson here. And I, and I agree. And I was going to say this, you know, when you uh, mocked Skaronsky to the Raiders, you're going to have these guys valued differently from organization to organization. Because when you look at offensive linemen, people like different things. Broderick Jones uh, from Georgia, Darnell, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, Skronsky from Northwestern, Paris Johnson, they're going to be different on most teams' boards just based on what scheme they run. 
you know, what they're going to ask a said player, where they're strong on the offensive line at. If a team's really strong on the interior, they're probably not going to like Skronsky as much because now he has to work at tackle. If a team has serviceable tackles, they're probably not going to like Darnell Wright as much, you know, so it'll be, it'll vary. So I went Darnell Wright here. You know, a lot of people haven't talked about Chicago's done a heck of a job from the end of last year to now. I mean, they've really upgraded the overall talent on that roster. Ryan Poles has done an outstanding job. They even got DJ Moore in their trade now, which is nobody talking about. Now they go uh, Moody, uh, DJ Moore, and uh, Claypool, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, a legitimate young group of wide receivers for, for Justin Fields. Now it's just about his development. So I'm going Tennessee right tackle Darnell Wright. A lot of it is I like to watch how marquee guys perform versus other marquee guys. And this could be a knock on Will Anderson, but in this position, it's a plus on Darnell Wright. He dominated Will Anderson when Tennessee played Alabama. I mean, absolutely swallowed him up. It's one of the reasons that I'm not sure that Will has as high of a ceiling as some people think. I mocked him to Arizona again because of their need for maturity and leadership. But I'm taking Darnell Wright here, another mammoth offensive lineman. But I would not say anything if they went Skaronsky or or Broderick Jones. Okay, rounding out our top 10, the Philadelphia Eagles, the last pick of the top 10 of in the GM's chair selections with Michael and Sean. And I will will write into it, Stormy, if you want me to, because I know we're up against the clock. So listen, I thought they were going to lose Bradbury and Slay. They end up keeping both of them. Now they have two new coordinators in Philly. So this is a really deep cornerback draft. It's why I didn't go cornerback for Detroit, because I think they can get at 18 a starting cornerback as well. So we were going back and forth between Christian Gonzalez and Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. I ultimately stepped in. Jonathan Gannon's gone, but Sean say learned under him. They found how to use Hassan Reddick. I'm mocking Nolan Smith here. A, a dynamic piece, but one where you have to have a creative coordinator to figure out how to use him. I think they do. I'm putting Nolan Smith to Philly. You know, I, and I gave him uh, B. John Robinson because they, they watched San Francisco with McCaffrey and the versatility that a back that can be a receiver gives you. And I think that really would make really would make Hurts even more dangerous. You have two backs on the backfield with Hurts as the other back at a six-back offense, and now all of a sudden you slip out another guy into the slot. I think it becomes a real issue because Robinson is just not a runner. He's a weapon. So I gave him that. To me, the caveat I would hold here is if 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 Philly sees Carter slip just a little bit, I think they trade up together. I loved the fictional conversations that you were having to make these selections in the room. Really good stuff. Now, while these selections were very interesting, who the teams did pick up, I think arguably what was more intriguing was the names that were not selected in the top 10. We will break down that and more as we wrap things up here on the Lombardi line when we come back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located here on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to please play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are wrapping things up on the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. We got the one and only Sean King in with us as well. Make sure you check him out every weekday on VSIN primetime with Tim Murray. But lots of collective NFL experience with the two of you on the desk today to help us break down what could be in this year's NFL draft that is approaching this Thursday. And as we just wrapped up the top 10 selections of what the two of you would do if you had the pick of each of these teams in those spots, I couldn't help but notice a few names that were missing, yeah. especially considering. I don't know why you didn't give your picks out we, here. I, don't think, I wasn't asked. Yeah, Thanks, I, Elliot. You no. have. <laughs> it's because I don't have a Super Bowl ring. It's fine. I understand. I only have an engagement ring, which, I mean, hopefully that works out. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but we, so you, um, we've seen mock drafts that have quarterbacks going one, two, three, four, Michael. Yeah. We've seen plenty of QBs mocked in the top five, top 10. You have, Sean, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud going one and two. Michael, you only have Bryce Young being taken as the number one overall pick. No other QBs in your top ten. I'm a little different than Sean. I I see this as a one-quarterback draft. Sean likes C.J. Stroud way more than I do, which is part of what makes the draft so much fun, is everybody has difference of opinion. I see it as a one-quarterback draft. I see it as every one of these quarterbacks in this draft won't get their fifth-year option picked up if you take them in the first round. This nonsense of, well, we got to get in the first round to get the fifth year. Do you realize how expensive that fifth year is? And can they match that level of play? Remember, Daniel Jones didn't get his fifth year picked up. And frankly, you know, the reason he didn't get it picked up was his play for four years. They should have let him become a free agent and signed him based on the market because who were they competing against at $45 million a year? No one. I'll answer that question for you. So <laughs> that's the reality. And so I don't think, to me, when you turn in the card and say, we like Anthony Richardson, if he gets picked by Indianapolis, he can't play year one. You, he can, you couldn't put him on the field. He's just not ready to play. It's not fair to the kid. I know he needs reps. It's not fair to put him in that spot. It's just going to hurt his confidence and his eye level is going to come down. He's going to start worrying about getting hit and his career. I mean, Justin Fields has been sacked 91 times already in two years. Like, you wonder why his eye level is going to come down? You wonder why he has a hard time looking at the field? development of quarterbacks is still a hard thing to do. Once you get the talent, you got to develop them. So I don't see it in this draft. And since I don't see it, why would I waste a top 5-10 pick? I see it in Bryce Young. I'm concerned about 5-10, yes. But like I said, if he's 6-2, he's the first pick and nobody's talking about it. I agree with Mike in a lot of ways. I don't think this is a deep quarterback draft. Um, Last year, coming into the draft, I said I didn't think there was a first-round Quarterback. Remember, people were talking about Malik Willis, top mm-hmm. five, and Desmond Ritter yep. in the first round. And listen, if Pittsburgh and that organization are honest with you, they still don't know what they have in Kenny Pickett after one full year. I did not think there was a first-round quarterback 
in last year's draft. This year, I think there are only two. I'll go as far as to say, if I was picking at the end of the first round, I still would not take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Because when you roll the dice on a quarterback, you're also bypassing adding a frontline starter at another position. And when you're trying to create a roster that looks like the San Francisco 49ers or the one that the Philadelphia Eagles utilized to get to last year's Super Bowl, you have to be great in all areas. And that's how I approach quarterbacks. So what I saw on the field from C.J. Stroud is why I like it. You know, no matter what you you – 85 touchdowns, 12 picks, man, it's hard to do that. It is really hard to do that. The way that he stepped up to the plate – Maybe the single best game a quarterback played all year was C.J. Stroud versus Georgia in the uh, semifinal mm-hmm. game. And never forget this. The kicker missed a field goal, or Ohio State beats Georgia mm-hmm. and is in the national championship. So for me, when I'm looking at quarterbacks. The field goal that didn't go right. at midnight heard around the world. The good thing was he didn't fool them. It never had a chance to go in, so they knew what it was. <laughs> but I, I look at that performance, and I look at his two years there, and I like him. Uh, my, my issue, and let's just talk about the ST test for one second, because – you have to have some kind of barometer. Like when it comes to evaluating position groups or talent in general, my issue with a test like that, and I'm not against people taking it, I'm not against it being a part of the evaluation problem uh, process, but it's not an absolute differentiator. Meaning if I have 100 guys take this test, 80 guys, the score is probably going to be quantitatively accurate as to what they're capable of doing. But then you're going to have another 20 guys that maybe they didn't take it as serious. Maybe they get nervous when they take a test. Maybe there are different things that they just don't do well. And then I always go back to the film because the perfect example for me is this. Will Levis graded really high on the ST test, right? He, he, people liked it. But at the halftime of Georgia, it, it, Georgia's up 3-0. Kentucky has the ball. This is two years ago. They're third and 12 on the Georgia 18-yard line. Every quarterback that's worth his, his his weight and goal understands in this situation. Field goal doesn't kill us here. Yeah. If somebody's wide open, I'm going to take advantage of it. I'll check it down. Maybe we make him miss some tackles. He tries to throw a hole throw versus cover two from the 18 right to Kylie Ringy. Ringo. You fast forward. Ole Miss this year. Kentucky's got two times in the red zone to win a game. This is undefeated Kentucky at undefeated Ole Miss. Levis fumbles twice. Both plays that could have been prevented. So, even though he scored high on the ST test, there are multiple times in games where the, the moment is really big where I've seen him not make the right decision. And so that kind of bothered me about him. Then production-wise, 24 touchdowns, 19 touchdowns. It's not like he lit it up at Kentucky. Never threw for 3,000 yards. Threw 23 interceptions his two-year start in there. Couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State. Yeah, I can't, you know, I can't rectify that. I either. mean, how do I tell, tell my fan base that I'm taking him in the first round? Yet he is a minus-145 favorite <laughs> right. to be the number two overall selection you, in this year's NFL draft. You pick him. Right. <laughs> well, and so, so that is like part But I want to get back this. to his S2 test. So I think what you do, what we've always done in the draft, is you analyze the testing, right? Mm-hmm. We know the Wonderlick isn't an intelligence test. We know that. It's a reading comprehension test. And some kids, unfortunately, in this country have reading comprehension issues. It's just natural. And and so you understand that. So you find different ways to determine level of intelligence. And so we have different testing that we do for that. But the S2 test, in studying the results of that, it comes back as you can be good at it, but not a good player. But what happens is if you're bad at it, you rarely are a good player. Mm-hmm. So you're going against history. It's like if you don't use uh, – today, Femi and I talked about the grading system that Bill and I used in Cleveland in 91. That grading system was – was written before Anthony Richardson was born. And there is a category that describes him to a T. Mm-hmm. Why is that? That's because history has seen a lot of Anthony Richardson's. Right. Okay, so over 50 years, we've seen a lot of Anthony players with enormous talent, enormous skill set that haven't had production on the field. So there's a category. It's created. It's the same thing with Will Levis. There's this category that describes him perfectly that that's why you have a grading system because it's not about this year's draft. That's what all mockers do. They just say, well, this guy, you should pick him, but they don't compare him. Will Levis, your point on Kenny Pickett. I agree. Kenny Pickett's never going to be a top 10 player in the league, never going to be a top 10 quarterback, but he satisfied a need. Now Pittsburgh knows they got to get really good around him, really good around him, Right. So they trade for Allen Robinson. Doesn't cost him anything. You know, they got George Pitt. So they, they they know what they have to do. I think to me, picking him at 20, I don't love it, but I love it a lot better than picking somebody at two. 
True. I wish there was a yes no bet on Anthony Richardson top 10 because he is minus 800 to be a top 10 selection and I'm very curious what we yeah, can get on the opposite this, of that for the We yes, have all no. these Seattle but, rumors that he's going to go to well, Seattle. So can you talk through cuz you guys I know we only have a minute left but you had a really interesting conversation in a commercial break about how if you draft Anthony Richardson you need to play him but you can't, you can't play, play him. him. You can't right. you hurt the team. So you, you have to know where you, you have to know what you're drafting. If you take Anthony Richardson to me you have to be honest with your owner and your fan base. We are punting on the next two years. And we're going to be simple. We're going to try and play great defense. We're going to run the ball. We're going to get him reps. Our goal is he's better the last quarter of the year than he is the first. And in year two, we can expand it a little bit. But him standing on the sideline, I'm just telling you, those kind of players, Trey Lance, Anthony Richardson, they're not going to get better standing on the sideline. But here's the thing nobody can defend with Anthony Richardson. Everybody said, he needs to go back and play another year. Oh, of I agree. Should have stayed in school. You can't yep. take a player who needs no. to go back and play another year of college. He should have stayed in, in the top ten. I just don't think you can do it. I think he's. I thought he. I. I thought he could win, and I've said it on this program. He could win the Heisman Trophy. I thought he was that talented. It was I that agree. obvious. However, he's not ready to play. In thirty seconds, let me give a message to any young man watching this. You can outwork your cognitive ability. I'll never forget this. They mic'd up Chris Sims. We had been through our OTAs. We had been through our mini camps. We got the training camp. They mic'd up Chris Sims. He couldn't spit out one play still. But he worked his butt off. And by the time we got to the end of the first year, it was blast. Why bunch right up, counter motion, 72 crisscross, wide swing X out. Hey, if we get strong yep. pressure, we're going 98 bunch crunch. Anything we want to go 200 jet smoke. You can outwork your cognitive ability. Awesome stuff. Sean, appreciate you pulling double duty. If you missed any of today's show and you want to see how these two drafted out the top 10, make sure you check out the Lombardi line downloadable in podcast form as well as VEASAN Best Bets. Sean is going to be back later on here at Circa Thank with VEASAN Prime Time. Thanks, Thanks for joining us today on the Lombardi line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.